Hi, I'm Tom Greer with TASPO. On this episode, I'm joined by TASPO Associate Executive Director of Policy and Research, Dr. Amanda Brownson. And our special guest is Noelle Ellerson Ng, AASA's Associate Executive Director, Advocacy and Governance. She is a speaker at the TASBO Engage Conference in San Antonio, where she'll provide our Texas attendees with a federal legislative update. So with Amanda and Noelle's expertise, we'll cover legislative topics at both the federal and state level. All right, Amanda, we're, we're closing in on February, and last month, the Texas session opened up. What surprises may be in store for us? Sure. So on January 18th, we got to see the introduced budget, um, and we got to compare that to the comptroller's revenue estimate from about the week before, which was interesting. Um, Texas is sitting on what everyone says is a historic uh, surplus Uh, But the trouble for our legislators will be that they're going to bump up against some spending restrictions that they have. So the appropriators um, will likely not be able to spend all of those resources that are available to them. Um, The next big uh, event in that process was Senate committees have been announced. So those were announced on January 23rd. um, And we're still waiting for House committees, but those are expected uh, within the next week or so. Um, Amanda, is that about normal? That, yeah, that's about normal. And it's not not unusual for the Senate to get its uh, organizational stuff done before the House. They have fewer members, e- easier to organize. Sure. Um, but we expect the House to, to follow soon after. Um, and we already have on the Senate side uh, budget hearings uh, set. So we'll see those that first week in February, the Senate will begin um, having committee hearings on the Senate budget. Um, and we expect the House um, to follow suit uh, very soon after. Um, Bills have been uh, filed and and continue. We continue to see more bills filed every day. Um, They will continue being filed up until March 10th, which is the bill filing deadline this year. Um, And really February and March, most of the action is in committee hearings where we'll hear all that legislation in committee. Um, And then sort of as, as March moves along and we get to April and May, um, the action really moves to the floor. Um, And in May, you'll see the action really solely focused on the floor um, as a lot of procedural deadlines begin to impact bill passage. Um, And then sine die is May 29th. And so um, hopefully we'll have a state budget and uh, be finished by then. Um, Of course, there's always the possibility that we end up with special sessions if lawmakers Mm -hmm. are able to get their work done during the regular session. and I, you may not know this off the top of your head, but I can't remember the last time we did not have a special session. We have had special sessions in in recent years. You're right about that. I think one question I have is whether it's a you know whether it's a special session that is about the state budget or about school finance or whether it's about sort of other issues that are kind of less um, critical for public education. Uh, so, but but um, typically. When the budget is hard, you worry about special sessions. And the budget is hard, frankly, when there are is the need for cuts, so there's not enough revenue available. But also putting the budget together is hard when there is a lot of revenue available, because that um, also leads to just more, more difficult decisions. Um, it's easy for lawmakers to put the budget together when, when revenue's 
fairly calling for a fairly flat budget because there's sort of less um, less decision making that has to happen in that context. Okay, and, and what resources and services do, uh, do you have to help Texas members? So hopefully, uh, TASBO members who are interested in following along with the legislative session um, are subscribing to our uh, governmental relations updates. Um, and so you'll see those come out from our team kind of roughly once a week, um, depending on what's happening out in the world that we feel like you guys need to know. And a lot of times those will be, you'll see the subject line school finance update. Um, if you're not getting those, uh, feel free to send us an email and or reach out to us and we'll make sure you get on that list to get those resources. Um, and we'll try to make sure you're, you're aware in that way. Um, in addition, we have the TASBO Center for School Finance uh, that gets some additional resources. They'll get access to our bill tracking list, um, which we keep posted online for them, monthly lunch and learns, and two workshops a year, um, plus help with revenue estimation under the terms of whatever the new school finance system turns out to be as we get through this legislative session. Um, we'll also be at conference with legislative updates. Um, at, at both at our annual conference for a sort of an early look and then at summer conference sort of to see where things shook out. So tell us what's what's happening at the uh, the workshop there. Sure. On, on February 15th, um, Center for School Finance members will come together and we'll really spend a lot of time at that February meeting talking about what bills have been filed so far, sort of where we think the state budget is headed and kind of what the chances are for school finance um, in the coming legislative session. And more specifically, how to think about putting a budget together. You know, if you're in a school district, um, you, you have a fiscal year that starts either July 1 or September 1. And, and putting that budget together when the legislative session that writes your school funding formula doesn't end until the end of May is really challenging. And so how do you begin having those budget conversations when you don't know what your funding formula is yet? Mm -hmm. No, it, it is pretty neat. Uh, at, at our conference in San Antonio, which which begins the, the official conference, begins kind of well, officially it begins Monday, the February 13th and goes through the week of Friday, the 17th. But what's neat is the National Conference on Education presented by AASA is going to be there right towards the tail end of our conference. So they actually will have some pre-conference events on February 15th. And because we're teaming up with them uh, on one of our bonus sessions, We've invited Noel to, to talk a little bit about that conference and AASA. How are you doing, Noel? I'm very well. I'm excited to be here chatting with you, Tom and Amanda. Well, tell us about the uh, National Conference on Education. Sure. So our National Conference on Education is our annual membership convening, and we rotate locations across the country. It's our first time in San Antonio, so we are definitely very excited to not only be in Texas, but be checking out that gem of a city. Very much looking forward to it. I know the superintendents are excited. Much like I anticipate the TASBO conferences are designed, it's a combination of networking, camaraderie, and professional development. And then we focus on a variety of content. We're always There's a strand on equity. We're always looking at professional development, professional learning. Uh, there's a, actual operations of a district. I mean, if there's a topic you're interested in in your district, it's probably covered either 
in a general session, at a thought leader, in a concurrent session. There's a lot there. I have a personal bias for the entire strand that's focused on policy and advocacy, but I think Amanda <laughs> and I suffer that similar affliction. But there truly is something for everyone when you look at that superintendent spectrum. And we're tracking really good. We're expected to have over 3,000 people in town for our conference. So we're looking forward to bringing the superintendents to Texas and for that annual convening. Well, San Antonio is a great place. Uh, we're hoping the weather holds up. Uh, so you can walk around the Riverwalk in downtown. It's it's very walkable, um, and we're looking. Our members are looking forward to it. it uh, they always love San Antonio. Yeah, our state exec in Texas is Kevin Brown. I don't think that's a new name to many people mm-hmm. on this call. And he started in his earlier education career right around the San Antonio area. So not only is his state hosting the conference. But uh, he and his wife, Paige, have a, a strong affinity for that area and city in particular. So it was just nice to get those extra little human stories from the people we work with. Well, we're going to be seeing him at the uh, Texas ASAA conference, uh, TASA Midwinter, uh, which as of recording now, uh, we're preparing for, uh, I guess, uh, over the weekend. I alluded to a bonus session and the bonus session that you'll be presenting at our conference on Wednesday afternoon at it's 4:30 now, correct? That's that's the time we mm-hmm. gave you. So th- that bonus session is going to give us our our attendees a federal education update. Why don't you give us an overview of of what they what they should expect? So, Tom, I think you're very generous. It is not often <laughs> when I, as someone invited to speak about Congress, am described as a bonus. So I think that's <laughs> a very creative interpretation. But no. It was such an obvious collaboration, and I think something that bears a little bit of iteration is at the federal level, AASA and ASBO work very closely together, just as professional organizations. But particularly on advocacy, I actually am contracted with ASBO to support their advocacy. So the fact that our state and one of our national organizations lines up in San Antonio is just a little bit of kismet. And... So I'm excited to be speaking to the Texas affiliate of ASBO, an organization we work so closely with, and the federal education update, depending on the day and what Congress has done. Sometimes it's an update. Sometimes it's a down date. We're just going to have to wait and see. <laughs> down date? I've never time. heard of that. That's I, <laughs> I like that well, word. Well, you know, if it's not always good news, sometimes it's bad news. <laughs> can't be an updated. But what I'll be walking through, we're at the top of a new year in a new Congress after a midterm election. And I mean, we know that at the federal level, there's not a huge official role for the federal government because of the 10th Amendment, but there is a lot that goes on at the federal level that can impact education. So the formality of my content is walking through the lay of the land, giving an update on the big P and little P politics, all the stuff that you see coming out of D.C., talking through the education-specific content that might be moving, and there's a good amount, right? We had a very consequential Supreme Court case two weeks ago around IDEA. We're going to see regulations around Title IX and gender identity in sports. We're going to see proposed rewrites of regulations on 504 in the special ed law. So we're going to see proposals there. There's a regulation around overtime in Department of Labor and what that would mean for even people up into the administrative level of your district. So I'm not going to stop there because I want to tease out and pack that room on that last day (laughs) meeting into AASA. But I'll walk through the latest goings on with Congress, explain what it is, why and how it's relevant, 
to AA and ASBO, AASA and ASBO's federal agendas, and more, more importantly to the people in the room, start to explain what it means for you in your district and what that resource can, what that information looks like, what implementation will look like, and specific to my work and that of my counterpart at ASBO, Eleanor Yoss, what your advocacy might look like, where we might need your help, who we might need you to reach out to. You know, one of the things you and I have talked about, Noel, is Texas has a really unique issue that we need some federal help on right now, and that's our permanent school fund bond guarantee program. So as you know, when Texas school districts issue debt, they're allowed to issue that debt or we're allowed to issue that debt with much lower borrowing costs uh, because that, that debt was backed by our permanent school fund, and we need the IRS limit increased um, because as we sit here today, that program has been shut off. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So my knowledge on this is both new and relatively shallow. I know just enough to know more than Congress, which is usually all it takes to get something moved. But I think something that's really important here is that both AASA and ASBO at the national level only do federal policy. Unlike other national organizations like the unions, who might be more directly involved in their state affiliates and state policy strategy, neither of the national organizations weigh in. When we get a question about, for example, a fiscal policy in Texas, typically I will redirect to Kevin or to Amanda, right? But on this instance, our state execs and our lobbyists and our state affiliates came around that wall and said, listen, in this instance, we need your help. And so at the end of the day, really, we're all in the business of member services. And so our state affiliates have said, we have built the proper coalition. We have all of the strange bedfellows. All of our ducks are in the same direction. We're marching in order, but we need a little bit more pressure on Capitol Hill. And this is actually just fun to do because when you have unity at the state level coming to your national organization saying, we want help too, then actually, Alec and I were able to go get two additional national organizations, uh, the educational service agencies, so the ESCs in Texas, that national organization has reached out, and then the National Rural Education Association, which is TRIA in Texas. So we have four national organizations that wrote a letter to your full Texas delegation, and then we've actually signed on to the legislation that's been introduced to remedy the situation. So it's been really nice to collaborate between that state and national level. It doesn't happen very, very often, but when it does, it's nice to say yes and see, hopefully we'll get it over the finish line and these bonds will start getting passed again and we won't like stymie school districts. But uh, it's been fun working with Amanda even more closely on this issue. Well, we certainly appreciate your help on this. It's, a, it's an issue that's really important for our school districts. Mm -hmm. do, do you think, Noel, that the conversation in Congress about the debt limit will have any impact on our school districts? I've been getting some questions about that. The short answer is it depends. And that's also a very DC answer. But let me try to whip through why it depends. And I think it's a little bit broader than just debt ceiling. I think if we're going to think about factors that could impact education, and in this category, impact indirectly, but perhaps still consequence, like with significant consequence, I would look at both debt ceiling, as well as some of the rules that were adopted in the new house under the new leadership that I think are worthy of noting for what they could do indirectly to schools. So for the debt ceiling, first of all, let's call it debt ceiling what it is. I had a Hill staffer brilliantly summarize it to me as Noli, that's my nickname, only debt ceiling, it's a necessary evil, and you hope it happens when you're in the minority so you can just score political points in the news cycle. 
So let's sink that in for what it is. The debt ceiling, I think, will be raised. It's really what type of type, like, are we going to go all the way down to the wire? But if we don't raise the debt ceiling, it doesn't impact our ability to give out money that's already been approved. So, right, we're living under federal fiscal year 23. But generally speaking, from the federal level, those dollars won't be in your schools till the 23-24 school year. What it does is it impacts our ability to pay down our debt, things we've already incurred. And so where it becomes of consequence to education is it might be if we have to put other money towards the debt or we have to use more of our operating budget to pay down the debt and things like that, it could impact the ability of appropriations for out years. But it's not as if school districts are going to have to go cut their budget this March. They probably won't even have to do anything to cut their budget next year as a direct result of funding levels. If anything, it would be because it is so disruptive to the national economy, if not global economy, that it could spiral or catalyze a broader economic recession. Now, outside of that lovely thing to keep you up at night, there's a couple of rules that the House adopted. First of all, Speaker McCarthy seated that he could essentially have a vote of confidence called on him by one member of Congress. If it took us 15 rounds of voting to get Kevin McCarthy, I wonder what a next Speaker of the House would look like in terms of political positioning and how what would have to be conceded to get that person over the finish line. And then there's two other specific rules that I would flag for people. One is a rule that the defense appropriations bill smooths in isolation. When we do appropriations, there's 12 slices of the bill of the pie of federal funding. And we are in the one called labor, health, human services, education, and other. And there's no way to sugarcoat it. We're usually low man on the totem pole in terms of priorities for overall funding increases. In 2017, the only way our slice of the pie got over the finish line was Congress, the Senate Democrats, tied it to the defense appropriations bill, and we had to ride the coattails over the finish. So when you have Congress taking an action to say that defense has to move in isolation, it technically does create a scenario where lower priority bills like ours could just not go funded. I don't think that's very likely because school districts and a lot of those other health and human services programs are a benefit to people across both sides of the aisle. I think it creates a far more likely scenario where we just get a year-long continuing resolution, which just means level funding, which is in many ways just as problematic as cuts when you adjust for inflation. So I'm watching that closely. The other thing I'm watching is the structure of the Rules Committee. The Rules Committee has always worked for the benefit of the majority party and for the speaker. Uh, one function it has had, though, that might not be at play as much now because of the much more hyperpartisan construct of this Rules Committee with how many of the seats were given to more far-right members, the Rules Committee also helps shepherd or will protect or insulate the majority party from very contentious votes. So this is why you haven't seen Democrats have to take a vote defund the police or Affordable Care Act. This is the type of function historically that might keep more moderate Republicans from having to take a standalone vote on vouchers, which is a super hot issue right now. With this very more partisan rules committee, you might see them have to take votes that could come back to hurt Republicans, particularly in primaries when we look at how gerrymandered districts are now. So and wrap up with a very awesome ending news note that I'm going out on, we're talking about debt ceiling indirect impact the quick recall of the speaker with one vote, the standalone nature of the appropriations bill, and the structure of the Rules Committee. Nothing has to do with education, but we need to follow them closely.
it's going to be a, a big couple of years. So we, we, I don't want to um, step on what you might have in store for us at conference. So I don't want to get into too much in the details of other things that you're um, planning to talk about, because I know our members will want to come and hear you in person. Uh, but but all of that is is of interest to our members for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to see you all in a few weeks.